this is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where every week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be talking to Natalie Pannon of Mojo Host. Adult Site Broker is proud to announce ASB Cash, the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. With ASB Cash, you'll have the chance to earn as much as 20% of our broker commission, referring sellers and buyers to us at Adult Site Broker. Check our website at asbcash.com for more details. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We are proud to list for sale a network of two mainstream flirt chat sites. The sites get their traffic from the UK, Australia, Belgium, the Netherlands, and New Zealand. Both are mainstream flirt chat websites with credit monetization on a pay-per-message basis. They have a loyal customer base of 27,000-plus real members, with many customers still active from 2017. Some have spent more than 10,000 euros. The average customer spends 450 euros. The sites have very steady recurring revenue. With very low overhead and a proven ROI of 900% plus on every euro spent on affiliate marketing, these sites have room to grow from where they are now. The weekly upkeep of the sites requires very little time, and most of the work consists of promoting the sites to bring in new customers and tease the existing 27,000-plus strong member database. Many great markets are yet untapped for these sites, but could easily be added, such as Germany, France, and the USA. Thanks to the non-adult nature, you can easily promote them via Google and email. You can buy these two great sites for only 484,000 euros. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Natalie Pannon of Mojo Host. Natalie, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. Thank you for inviting me, Bruce. It's a pleasure. Now, uh, and Mojo Host, uh, where Natalie works, has 58 awards for outstanding hosting services and business practices. It's the leading choice for hosting in the adult industry. Established in 1999, Mojo Host's growth and attention to powering the success of its clients has positioned it as a choice for mainstream hosting needs as well. They offer dedicated servers, virtual private servers, the Mojo Host CDN, global content delivery network, that's a mouthful, uh, Mojo Host cloud computing <laughs> services, Mojo Shield website security, and other web technology solutions. Now, Natalie has been part of the adult industry for eight years now, and she grew from um, user technical support to decision-making sales and marketing positions. She's now the business development, sales, and marketing, jokingly, BDSM, get that business development, sales, and marketing <laughs> manager at Mojo Host. Uh, her job is to take on everything required to develop the business. So duties are quite varied from sales and marketing to HR and team building to washing the dishes. Uh, she handles what needs to be done. I threw that one in and is not afraid of the responsibility that comes with showing initiative. Now, Natalie's has a master's degree in journalism 
and you did one better than me because I only got a bachelor's in broadcast journalism and uh, worked in many fields before entering the business of digital adult entertainment. She's been a teacher. She sold diamonds wholesale. She's been a barista. I didn't know she could make a good cup of coffee. I need to ask her next time. And a legal clerk. Uh, she enjoys reading sci-fi and fantasy books. And if she goes to the movies, you can pretty much bet it's something about superheroes. Uh, she wears many hats. The two most wide-brimmed of those are Mojo Hosts, BDSM, and her. she's a mom. Natalie's, Natalie's daughter is going on five years of age, so that hat is getting more and more fun every day. So, uh, hey, talk about being a mom. Um, you got a five, you got a, you got a five-year-old. How, how's, uh, how does that mix with, uh, uh, doing business? Well, you know, it, it sometimes does feel like you're a jigsaw octopus. That's sort of my term for, uh, having to multitask during work. I love that. Um, but that being said, I mean, motherhood is great and I've managed to incorporate, you know, be, being, a working individual who puts in at least eight or 10 hours a day to mm -hmm. also spending time with my daughter. And that's something that I particularly enjoy, especially now that you see her growing into an individual and somebody with her own opinions and somebody who, you know, thinks and functions as, as a grown up, as a small little version of a grown up. So, <laughs> so it's certainly an interesting experience for sure. It was difficult, especially in the very beginning with, you know, no sleep. And I think I took a total of four months for maternity mm -hmm. and that was that. And then went right back to work. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it was a little difficult to juggle, but overall I just, I'm enjoying the, the, you know, the, uh, life as you say it mm -hmm. and uh definitely enjoying the job as well so I know. it's a good it, it's a good place to be where you're happy to wake up in the morning you're happy to come to work you're happy to get off work and spend time with your daughter mm -hmm. um so the whole balance of life and work is certainly working out if not particularly easily obviously but at least to the best yeah now now you live in the ukraine um, that's, uh, you guys have certainly had your share of issues. How has life been there lately? You know what? I am kind of far away from any issues, so Good. it's, it's not really touched me directly. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously there's, you know, worries about things that are going on in the East, but it's kind of mm. dying down lately. And Good. I mean, Odessa, where I'm at right now is really the quietest place it's at the beach it's a tourist destination so mm. the location isn't that big of a deal for me and i quite like it here i mean mm -hmm. the beach in the summer is definitely gray we do yeah. have four seasons which is amazing people think that since i'm from ukraine it must be really cold yeah. um and i guess everything is comparative there's there's warmer places and there's definitely colder places um but i i do enjoy the fact that there's four seasons we actually had some so snow this summer for a change mm. Because last summer we had no no snow and it was, well, to the great upsetness of my child who really <laughs> wanted to go sledding and, and sure. uh, skating and all of those things. So um, happy with that. Uh, uh, overall, I mean, it's been pretty quiet. Odessa has always been a very, um, it's a port city and it's always been like mm -hmm. a trader city. And the one thing about traders is they're trying to stay as far away from trouble as they can. Sure. Uh, because it's not good for trade, not mm -hmm. good for business. Um, so, so Odessa's kind of been away from most of 
most of the issues that has happened in the country over the past 10 years. Um, In a good place overall, and and, country is doing better, I think. Um, you know, I, I'm not much much for politics. You'll you won't see <laughs> one comment from me in a political thread anywhere. Um, but I, I just think that you know it's doing better than it was five years ago for sure. So yeah, that much is good. That is good. Um, now being um, where you are, um, and I would imagine a reasonable percentage of your business uh, is in the U.S. How do you balance that? by working all sorts of hours <laughs> is going to be my response. But yeah. I mean, we do have a lot of customers in Europe and yes. we also have customers in Asia, which I can pick up on, you know, my morning. Um, mm-hmm. So sometimes I do have to show up for PST phone calls that, you know, maybe my 2 a.m. or 4 a.m. or whatever it is, <laughs> but it, it's not really that common. I mean, uh, most of the time I can easily schedule things into my more, my evening that still catches the PST morning. Uh, the office people call me employee from the future because by the time they've shown up to the office, I've likely been working for six or seven hours. <laughs> um, so that's nice. I, I usually have a, uh, a lead on them for anything that's going on. And, uh, you know, we've grown our presence here. I mean, being able to join Mojohost and then eventually one of the first things that I noticed was that technical talent was always, uh, you know, a restricting factor in anything that we did. And so um, I actually helped the company. I jokingly say that I brought the the Ukrainian mafia, but I uh, I actually helped the company hire a lot of technical staff here. Very, very smart technical staff that are all senior level systems administrators. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the team is, the tech team had tripled over Mm. the past few years. So... I was lucky enough. Well, first of all, I was lucky enough to stumble upon a large hosting company that was closing its office oh, wow. uh, here in Ukraine. So I picked up all of the best team members from them. That's awesome. And then, you know, and then obviously others, I've done a lot of screening um, for talented systems administrators in the country and was able to help us grow that way. Hmm. Um, and now we're certainly geared towards success with how much the tech team has grown and are able to uh, bring on a lot more customers and do a lot of a lot more migrations and mm-hmm. really cut our response times and and how quickly we deal with any requests. Mm-hmm. That's so, awesome. you know, definitely in a good place. And you know, we're always open to hiring technical staff really anywhere, especially with COVID. Now that um, now that the um, office work isn't really a thing anyway, even for people in the U.S. Or we do have an office in Ukraine, but we don't require anybody to show up there. It's more of a backup in case, you know, the lights go out or something mm. or or your mother-in-law shows up and you can't work <laughs> at home anymore. Um, mother-in-laws are touchy topics. So yes. <laughs> skip that one. That one. Um, but uh, other than that, I mean, uh, we've, grown tremendously and I'm mm-hmm. very, very happy to see this growth. Yes. Yeah. There's a, there's a ton of tech talent in Eastern Europe. There's no two ways about it. And a lot of it is in the Ukraine. Now, now how did you end up in the adult business? Or I should say, how did a nice girl like you get in a place like this? 
<laughs> you know what? First off, I want to say that I do not think there's anything particularly bad about adults. Of I course. Mean, we, can all, we can all be hypocrites and say, we oh. Joke so we joke about it. We joke about it. There's ethical adult businesses, if, frankly, a lot of ethical adult businesses. And I think it's yep. better to have that than, than you know, a, a shady way of doing it. And one way right. or another, porn is going to be part of our lives. I mean, there, there's no other way to say it. Yep. Besides that, I mean, the story is kind of out there. I've already done some written interviews on it. The, mm -hmm. the sort of nuts and bolts on it were that I was 23 and had started a job selling diamonds uh, wholesale, which was interesting and great and a little terrifying because, yeah. uh, you know, I could have... $50,000 in my purse at any given time as I was, you know, dealing with jewelers, wholesale diamond sales are all dealing with jewelers. I, I never really sold directly to customers, mm -hmm. um, yeah, but it, it was going well, but it was boring. You would think, right, that diamonds are girls' best friends. And, yeah, and come on. I was just going to say that. But beyond the simplicity of learning the colors and shapes and being able to tell a better diamond from a, a worse one, it really wasn't all that interesting. And once you've hmm. kind of grown into knowing the intricacies of judging the stones, there's mm -hmm. not very much, uh, you know, you bargain on price, but mm -hmm. that's fairly easy. So it became really, really daunting that I, I wasn't really learning anything. And every day it was really the same. So... I started looking for something that would be more a little uh, more challenging, and I found a job uh, posting that said that they're looking for a tech support person. Mm. And you know, having a very good English, that was one of the, really one of the biggest requirements there. Mm -hmm. um, I decided to apply, and it actually took a good month for them to get back to me, which mm -hmm. doing HR now I think is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but after a month, they invited me for an interview, were very happy with me, hired me. And then uh, as I was leaving, they said, are you religious? I'm like, no, not really, uh, or not particularly. <laughs> and they said, well, how do you feel about, uh, you know, this, this working with this industry? Um, I said, oh, you know, I, I had no idea that, that I've showed up to an interview for that, but I said, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, I quite liked everything else. I mean, it was a great office, really nice team. Mm -hmm. So, so I started working there and then my very first job was actually user support, not just on a adult site, on a hardcore Bukaki network. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that was a lot of fun. I mean, most of the requests are obviously either billing or something not working. But sure. it, it was it was certainly a step from diamonds, let's say. Yeah. Buka <laughs> um, Bukaki is definitely a reach from diamonds, for sure. <laughs> and then from there, I, I got drafted into sales, kicking and screaming, actually, because mm. I liked the tech side so much and I wanted to learn more in it that I did mm. not want to transfer into sales. Mm. Um and despite offering me more money and, and trying to push me towards a you know, sales and marketing position, I still did not want to do it. And I think there was three or four frantic conversations when I said, I don't want to go into sales. I just want to do this tech stuff. I really like it. I want to learn this API. I want to learn a little bit of coding. Um, but you have such great people, people skills, I was told. <laughs> All right. Um, 
<clears throat> so eventually I started, but I realized that being in sales does not mean you have to drop everything and only work on sales. First of all, and this isn't really common, but I think the salesperson needs to know their product in depth. And in de mm -hmm. by in depth, I don't necessarily mean being able to write the code for it, but I mean that they need to know what it is that they're selling and how it works. Absolutely. So maybe not 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 the particular intricacies of actual coding, but at least the basics need to be known. Some mm -hmm. of the technical questions, the salesperson needs to know how to answer, at least by, you know, uh, kind of learning by osmosis. I mean, you work yes. with the tech team to answer customers' questions, and eventually you figure out the answers to them and, and mm -hmm. why those answers are so. And so I've always focused on understanding and being more in-depth with both um, you know, right now it would be server hardware and, and the server load and what the websites require in terms of infrastructure and how the CDN works and how um, CDN, by the way, is that mouthful of content delivery network yes. That, yes. <laughs> that, that you mentioned earlier and how, how web application firewalls work and how to protect yourself from like an attack, for example, and um how all of those tools work. So there's there's definitely a lot of learning to do for somebody who has not been exposed in hosting at all. Mm -hmm. uh, and I feel like in three years, I've certainly grown here and I don't really see a ceiling of growing since there's just so much to learn, mm -hmm. so much. In, mm -hmm. in infrastructure, there's so much to learn. So I, I definitely don't feel like I've, I'll reach a ceiling anytime soon here in terms of... Um, in terms of growth and, and new knowledge. Mm -hmm. So why did you uh, move on from the first job? You know, I actually, <laughs> frankly, talking about ceilings, I, I realized that I haven't went to somebody with a question for a while and I haven't really uh, learned anything new for a while. So I've kind of known how to deal with pretty much any situation. People were coming to me for, uh, you know, guidance or maybe the support staff or the sales staff and, I haven't really been required to learn anything new for a while. So I decided mm -hmm. that it was time to move on. I mean, I spent five years there. I have the greatest experiences and the greatest memories of that job. It, it was just time to go. And mm. I felt like the product had launched or the newer product. I, I don't know. I haven't mentioned yet, but I was with mm -hmm. uh, Centro and then yes. starting with Adult Centro, moving into Model Centro and eventually Fan Centro. Yep. Um, Working for Stan. The products have launched. They were <laughs> successful. Stan's great, by the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I like him very much. His family's great. So. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it was great working for him, but it was time to go. I felt like I wasn't bringing enough value anymore, or rather I was just bringing the same old value and not mm. growing. Um, That's good. so it, it was time to go. Okay. Um, now you've worked in very dynamic fields before Mojo, uh, dealing with models and content owners, as well as site operators. I think you may have answered the question if I'm if I'm reading into things because I'm starting to follow your mind. Why did you choose hosting uh, something that some people would consider kind of geeky and boring? <laughs> well, for somebody who likes sci-fi, geeky is sort of a compliment. Oh, that's um, true. That's true. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I did partly answer your question. Of course, it's for yes. a new thing, something new to do. Um, the other uh, reason is actually not so evident, but uh, Stan being Stan, and and obviously he's a great man with a lot of businesses. 
Um, I really did not want to do anything to upset him because I respect him and I, I uh, think he's a great guy. So my one of my requirements for looking for a new job was to get a job somewhere where there is no competition. Got it to the things that he does. Mm -hmm. So so frankly, uh, being such a great businessman, that wasn't very many things (laughs) available anymore. You make a a point since then, even more so. (laughs) Yes. So Stan definitely does, has a lot of businesses and and is successful at many of them. So um, hosting was really among the very few choices that I had in terms of not stepping on the toes of my former employer or, or, mm-hmm. or looking shady in terms of, you know, uh, there's always talk when somebody leaves a company and joins another that they brought all of their client base and all of that stuff. And I just, you know, obviously <laughs> I still have the contacts. There's no way I can get rid of them forever because now they're a lot of people are more than contacts and are acquaintances or friends yep. um, that I want to stay in touch with. But at the same time, there's no competition directly or indirectly with any of the things that they are doing. Um, Did the fact that it had to do with technical things um, appeal to you as well? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the whole idea of learning a whole new area was magnificent. Uh I felt, I felt sad. I mean, I guess every time you leave a job that you've done for a long time and and really liked, um, you feel sad leaving like your, people you work with, you feel sad leaving the team as well as um, the customers that you work with directly. But even then, uh, you know, I knew they were going to do well without me. So that that felt lighter. Mm. Um, uh, but it was time to learn new things for sure. And, yeah. and I'm very happy for the opportunity that Brad gave me mm. uh, with learning hosting. Yeah. Yeah. I was personally, I was shocked to see you leave because it was like, wait, Natalie's leaving. It's like everybody <laughs> so associated you with that company that we watched you grow up in that company. So it was kind of like, yeah, it was a shock to the system for all of us in the uh, adult family. Um, how you know, there's so many hosting choices, okay, out there. Um, how is Mojo Host different from everyone else? So there, there's actually many ways, but let me focus on some of the main ones. Okay. <clears throat> One is that we never compromise on quality. So when, so obviously it's easy to be a cheap host, as cheap as possible, but actually providing value is, is, is also very important and much harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always focus on quality. Every decision we make is geared towards quality of service. It has to do with the network. It has to do with the hardware, anything that has to do with technical support, obviously that's what we're known for, for very, very high touch tech support. Um, mm-hmm. and going be- above and beyond anything that a hosting company usually would offer. Uh, because we do, you know, we help customers plan out their infrastructure. We help customers implement, um, you know, go through the growth pains and implement new things uh, that will help their websites grow. Um, Mm. We fine-tune the servers to the point where it's optimized and perfect for what they're trying to do. Um, We work directly with customers to try to resolve any problem they have. And if our team can't do it, then we'll find somebody who will. And that has to do with pretty much anything. I mean, people come to me for QA advice to help them (laughs) Uh, you know, make sure that there's no bugs on their websites. People come to me 
to ask which domain name to buy. Um, yeah. People, <laughs> yes. And then people come to me to ask what billers to use. People come to me and ask what CMS systems they they would be able to use for a certain new project. It kind of goes above and beyond what they are used to in terms of hosting support. And we always mm-hmm. help. That's part of our part of our motto. Secondly, well, and I think well, it's part. If I can, if I can interject, it's sure. part. Go ahead, go ahead. It's. I think anytime you're uh, you're doing sales, and you're working closely with somebody, you become a trusted partner, not just a salesperson, which you, which is what you want to be. Yes, and what I I actually enjoy it because. In the long run, obviously not because, because I, I, I just like helping people in general, uh, but uh, it obviously also helps my business because the better uh, off the company is and the better they grow, the more hosting they end up needing. Yep. Um, but other than that, uh, the other distinguishing factor is that we aren't a corporate machine. We are very human and we are very hmm. humane and we are always approachable. Customers can text Brad in the middle of the night, which I asked them not to do and <laughs> to reach out to me instead. Um, but we, we are approachable and we are human. We will always understand and support our customers through highs as well as lows. Um, you know, there's just, for example, I have an interesting example, actually. Do you remember um, last winter there was fires in LA? Yes. So before that, a couple of months before that, we spoke to a company that's based there and offered them hosting. And they were using Amazon. And they got our quote, thought about it. It was great. It was saving them money. But it was just so much work to move them out. Frankly, Amazon snared them with something where it cost them $8,000 to move out eh? because of the, the outbound bandwidth costs. Oh, yes. Geez. So, so basically, they were sort of a, a, a hostage to their host because of the rates and the way that they were set up. So they weren't sure they wanted to make the move. It's a very large company, so so it's not necessarily a gigantic sum for them, but it's still it's still very evident there. So yeah. they weren't really sure they wanted to make the move just because migrations are never simple, and no. they expected issues, especially with large um, digital businesses. Um, So they weren't sure they wanted to move. And eventually the fires broke out and they're all stuck in tents with barely any access to the internet. And they can't even log into their banking to pay their bill with Amazon. And Amazon says, we're cutting you off in seven days. It's a very Um, Amazon thing to do, actually. And and I understand they're a corporate business. They're not making those choices. They don't have the tools or the procedures to make those choices as humans. They make them as computers do. Um, and they're like, well, this is our livelihood. And this is obviously a force majeure situation. Uh, but they were just sent from one person to another and, and never got any resolution. So they called mm-hmm. us and said, hey, guys, what are the chances we can move in seven days? <laughs> And I'll tell you this, migrations like that usually would take two or three months. Mm-hmm. Working overnight 24-7, we migrated them in six and a half days Whoa. over to Mojo Host and gave them unlimited credit until the situation is resolved with, you know, <laughs> being uprooted due to the fires. And luckily, you know, every, they hadn't... 
uh, lost any property and in the end went back to their homes and everything went back to normal. They caught up on their bills, but we were there for them to help them through a very difficult time. And I think we've gained a very, very devoted customer from that. And you won't really ever see that from a corporate machine uh, or a larger um, business with a lot more tiers and eight levels of approvals for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Mojo Host for you. We're human, mm-hmm. and that differentiates us. Yes, yes. Now, you mentioned Brad, uh, your owner, Brad Mitchell, who he's a past guest on our podcast, and he's, uh, in my mind, kind of like the mayor of the adult space. Um, um, you know, I, I got a story about Brad. We were in, uh, at the why not show in San Francisco, the late great why not show. And, uh, you might've been at that show. And I remember there was like really long dead time, uh, at the show. And Brad just said, okay, we're opening the bar. I'm paying for it. (laughs) And he just got the bar open and, they brought a bar in downstairs in the seminar area room, uh, seminar uh, room area, and uh, he just opened the bar and uh, paid for it. That is Brad Mitchell. So, how is it working with Brad every day? Well, Brad's absolutely and definitely not only generous at trade shows. He is <laughs> an amazing person. He combines uh, generosity and being fucking awesome with all of his excuse my language uh, yeah, okay. with all of all of his um just day-to-day work and mm-hmm. uh looks and actions and decisions yeah. um but other than that he's actually he's humble he's nice uh, you know anytime there i do something wrong he is the one giving me excuses and i'm the one saying no no i i messed this up real bad <laughs> um that so so like he's him. really, he's really, really great to work with. Luckily, my conscious provides all, all of the uh, kicks that I'd require anyway. Um, but Brad is just that. I mean, he's very, very easy to work with. He doesn't micromanage. Uh, he supports my decisions. And frankly, the decision method is, is very, very simple at Mojohost, which I really, really appreciate. Mm-hmm. We value every decision based on whether or not it's good mojo. And that encompasses pretty much everything in terms of, is this the right thing to do? Mm -hmm. Is this the good thing to do? Is this a nice thing to do to our customer? Mm -hmm. Is this, um, you know, is the decision something that I won't feel bad about? And that makes life so much easier because that unties my hands to make decisions based on what I think is correct. And, And there's a great value fit because I think that I fully understand what good mojo is. And mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, it, it just makes things easy. I will never be um, at fault if I acted on doing what's right. That's cool. Now, it's interesting because when someone posts about needing hosting on one of the boards, the replies are usually either 100% mojo host or close to 100% mojo host. <laughs> now, I'm sure that's very gratifying but doesn't that also make the expectations a bit higher on the part of the clients? That's true. And, you know, it's our job to meet them. Mm-hmm. They, we do not try to lower our standards or, you know, in order to make sure that people don't expect too much of us. That, mm-hmm. That's never happened. Um, we've certainly earned a lot of brand fans 
And that's mm-hmm. what I sort of call the people who are very happy with her hosting and who recommend us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was done through hard work, through mm-hmm. giving them a great experience, through giving them a wow experience mm-hmm. where they are impressed by how well we handle a situation. And it does not necessarily have to be a good situation. Right. I mean, issues happen, downtimes happen. It's uh, mm. Nobody has full insurance against uh, trouble with their hosting. Right. It's how well the company deals with it that makes that decision work or not work or makes the person satisfied or dissatisfied with the service. Mm-hmm. Of course, we also, uh, by doing the right thing, we also help our customers through everything that they need and uh, we help them through any issues they have or if there's a, a problem that they need solved, it's likely that we can help them solve it. So, so they're overall happy with pretty much everything, not just their hosting. So right. our support is great. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the response time, the guys there, they're very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Everyone who speaks to our customers is, is a senior systems administrator, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is very uncommon. Most hosting companies yeah. have what is called levels of support. Right. And those levels of support start with a talking head, mm. which is the level one, somebody who gets the request and gets the information from the customer. Level two, which is a person who may be able to solve your problem, but isn't very experienced. So if he doesn't know how to do it, then he'll escalate it to level three, mm. um, who goes in and takes care of the request. And that's the senior systems administrator. We employ our customer facing staff are all senior level systems administrators. Hmm. God, that so, sounded that sounded like Apple. My God. <laughs> Frustrates the well, hell out of me every time I call them. <sighs> yep, they will escalate you. No, and I get it. Uh, there's economics of scale in, that, sure. in those decisions, but we offer a very high quality uh, service hmm. and that high quality service requires us to, to make sure that we don't differentiate or we basically don't... Um, stratify our support team and, and only work with very, very experienced techs. Mm-hmm. And so that our customers, when they call us, uh, be it in the middle of the night or during the day, it's 24 seven, mm-hmm. they know that the person they are reaching in the support staff is able to fix their problem immediately and won't need to escalate it through several levels before they get to it. That's awesome. Now, events are obviously a big part of Mojo Host's marketing plan. How have the lack of shows affected you? You know, there's, I, I would be saying um, untruth if I said that there wasn't uh, any effect whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, frankly, I think we've had record attrition in 2020 for businesses closing down. Yeah. Um, at the same time, people are using the crisis to start new things. So yes. we actually managed to end up in a positive customer influx versus customer attrition Nice um, over 2020, which was a difficult task, I'll tell you that. And in terms of where we get our customers, digital trade shows have been fairly successful with that. Hmm. And a lot of our customers are referrals. Yes. Thanks to the, the quality of service that we provide, a lot of our customers are referrals from one or, you know, from one way or another, whether it's personal or through forums or through um, other resources. There's uh, people have published uh, guides for, uh, about how great Mojo Host is and how everybody should come and, <laughs> <laughs> nice. and work with us. So 
uh, when you provide a service that spurs people to make uh, a web page about how great your hosting is, hmm. um, and you know, most of them I offered to act as affiliates, and obviously we have an affiliate program that mm -hmm. pays out a lifetime percentage of what your referral pay uh, your referral um, pays to us. Mm -hmm. um, However, many people don't even worry about starting the affiliate account and, and yeah. actually getting that percentage. All they worry about is that their contacts get good hosting and a great service, which mm. we definitely deliver. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's that. And, uh, I mean, the trade shows I missed sorely. Mm -hmm. I really, really want to go back to live trade shows, but I think that we're doing quite well, even in view of traveling and business travel. Well, we certainly are home a lot more now, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> my daughter appreciates that. Yep. I bet she does. Mommy's there. Uh, my uh, my dogs appreciate it. Now, um, with the, those are my children. Now, without shows, um, how does Mojo Host make up for the loss of face-to-face -face time with potential clients? There's always Zoom calls. We're, we're available 24-7 for any communication through mm -hmm. either our website or Skype or Telegram or Fiber or WhatsApp. I think I have them all. Maybe not Signal. That's maybe the only one that I'm missing so far. But, That's a good uh, one. Uh, uh, yeah, well, there's so many, so much space <laughs> in my apps before they start breaking on me. Um <laughs> But I'm, I'm considering it as well. Obviously, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, all of those resources are open for us. Um, we do our best to make sure that we stay together digitally. Um, we propose phone calls for every sales conversation that we have, and those are all video phone calls. So we try to stay on top of continuing the personal communication. Um, and other than that, I mean... We've put in efforts in marketing. We started an active blog that people can check out by going to mojohost.com and clicking blog, um, mm. where we share interesting and important information about infrastructure solutions, uh, as well as other things. I mean, there's quite a, a lot of information that you can find in our blog, but mm -hmm. uh, since um, those are created with, uh, you know, mostly my effort, then the blog posts are actually very non-techie, so you mm -hmm. may find it useful to figure out what it is your infrastructure includes mm -hmm. by just going to your blog and reading through that. Um, yeah, you've got a nice newsletter too. <laughs> yeah. So we, we try to, we do our best to, to keep in touch with our customers. I think our latest newsletter got a giant word of approval from everyone since we announced that we've just launched uh, free DDoS protection yes. for our entire network. I um, saw that. So the, those are very cool news, and a lot of people are very happy with it. That DDoS protection is already active for every customer at no extra Sweet. cost. Sweet. Uh, that's, so so that's, that's cool. handled. As well as, I think on this one, Brad uh, approved a uh, increase in default bandwidth allotments per server in mm. our European servers, mm. which is another um, nice little... Uh, cherry on top of that cake mm. so every all of the every server now comes with 200 terabytes of bandwidth and that's eight times more than is than it was and mm. i think it's very well eight times or 80 times more than most hosting companies offer that's sweet i think the default now in in most hosts offers is 10 terabytes Jeez. um 
pretty cool news. And then, so we, we try to keep, keep in touch with our customers. Uh, mostly it's either email or um, messengers. Mm-hmm. I even started a telegram channel, which isn't very popular at the moment, but I, I'm working <laughs> on, I'm working on uh, making it useful and, and populating it with interesting content before that's I can actually key. start in, inviting people there. That's um, the key. And that's going to be a techie channel where I'll, talk in easy terms about infrastructure things. Add me. I'd love to see it. Cool. Yeah. Will do. So, so what is your what is your typical work day look like? Uh, well, it really varies and it depends on what's on my to-do list. And mm-hmm. since my to-do list includes everything, my joke about that, by the way, is in washing <laughs> dishes. My joke is that uh, if I need to walk the dog in order for the company to do better, I will. Uh, so um, there you go. Whatever needs to be done today isn't necessarily what needs to be done yesterday. And obviously mm-hmm. I take care of um, sales matters, the social uh, media uh, platforms, uh, anything in terms of, so we're always open to looking for new technical staff. So I do some of the HR screenings and mm-hmm. um, meetings, phone calls, uh, anything in between. I handle all of our sales by sales targeted inbound tickets just quite a lot of juggling but it's fun i actually started a new meme thing on twitter which i don't know if i'll continue i need a lot of inspiration for making funny memes but they're basically infrastructure memes that matter and usually are are funny so if you want to check out our twitter that's at mojohost um okay i think i'm doing fairly well with those thanks Mm -hmm. to meme generator (laughs) (laughs) Those things, and insider those knowledge. Things Obviously, help. I try to make them useful as well as funny. Indeed. Um, how do you envi- envision infrastructure progress within the next five to ten years? So that's a sort of a stab in the dark because we don't know what we'll get. Well, maybe eventually quantum computing will happen, but that's sort of out in the future, and it's hard to predict. But I think um, – needs to happen is optimization and it's certainly going that way. So um, I think that content storage is definitely going to move towards a cloud. Um, and we are definitely angling to move in that direction as well. We already have some cloud uh, cloud solutions available uh, for our customers and uh, several fully uh, managed private clouds. Um, and uh, so, so the cloud is definitely here to stay, despite the fact that people are sometimes disillusioned with it. It's, uh, you know, it, it has its use cases, and then sometimes a dedicated server is better. Um, mm-hmm. It depends on the size of the project and what it is. What I think we'll optimize is um, static content is easily going to move entirely to the cloud. Mm-hmm. So anybody who has a server, that server is just going to host the active uh, files or the what is called um, dynamic files mm-hmm. and then static is everything that does not need any changes so video mm-hmm. files photos um, actual you know a- anything that's a static will go into the cloud and be stored there while mm-hmm. the servers will have their hands untied to handle much more uh, bandwidth and mm-hmm. the bottleneck of constantly having to upgrade drives, you know, every six months or every 12 months is going to stop being a problem for most of our customers since the cloud is infinitely scalable, I believe. Mm. This year, we aim to expand our cloud to 10 petabytes. 
Wow, I've never heard that term. <laughs> That's a very, very, very large number. <laughs> and what is it? How many uh, terabytes is a petabyte? She's thinking. I can uh, I can hear the wheels going. Now, you, if you don't know, you don't have to say. It's, it's okay. 10 million. I, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't have to. Know. It's, okay. it's okay. No, no. I, I. You know that. <laughs> Let me move on to the next question. What are some? What are some of the issues in hosting today? There's quite a few. I guess part of the reason uh, that hosting is making a lot of changes, and part of the reason why we introduced network-wide DDoS protection, is that DDoS is becoming far more prevalent. Yes, and the attacks are becoming far more intricate and mm -hmm. unusual for yes. sure. Yes. So this isn't just a simple uh, matter anymore. And uh, going forward, I mean, the um, I feel like it will grow and become even easier for businesses to, uh, or for hackers to attack businesses mm -hmm. because of the internet of things of all things, because a very, very smart hacker can actually break into a doorbell or <laughs> uh, an air purifier that's yes. connected to the internet and use that to attack your website. Yeah. You know, not only that, they would break into hundreds of hundreds of them and then start selling or start sending simple requests to your server to try to overwhelm it. Mm -hmm. And just the, the way that it's going and how, how many of those devices are coming out now, it's going to be easier and easier for them to do that. Oh, sure. So security, I feel like, is going to be a major thing and a very important thing and the thing that will be actively developed. Mm -hmm. Aside from that, the content is getting larger. Mm -hmm. So any uh, infrastructure solutions that help deliver that content faster are going to be a big hit for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, 4K files are larger and people are, you know, they won't be happy with 720p video anymore. No. They wait until wait until 16 wait until 16k becomes the standard. That's yeah, so it's going that way. Not to mention VR. Mm -hmm. We have several customers who have VR and um, those files are gigantic. And so yes. nobody's going to spend half an hour trying to download the one video. Nope. What they want is to stream it. Mm -hmm. And streaming video of that size really requires um, a local delivery. A local delivery from a node nearby that CDN mm -hmm. um, allows you to set up. Yep. So what CDN or the, <laughs> the, the, the term you stumbled upon oh. during the introduction. Oh, I didn't stumble. Doubles. I was just messing around. But anyway. <laughs> Sorry. So, so, so CDN is stands for Content Delivery Network, and a CDN caches content worldwide. The mm -hmm. content that is active and busy, what we call hot content, mm -hmm. gets cached worldwide. And then anybody who is in that same location will get that content much more quickly because mm -hmm. of the proximity to the server. Um, you know, with, with internet, one of the biggest limiting factors is how far things are, because although things travel at the speed of light, those milliseconds add up um, during every hop that the mm -hmm. data takes to get to your user. And the less hops there are, the better. Obviously, for local content, it will be much faster delivered, and therefore, there will be no lag, and you will be able to 
stream it with no trouble. Sure. Well, hey, Natalie, I'd like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Say Broker Talk, and I really hope we'll have a chance to do this again really soon. My broker tip today is part five of what to do to make your site more valuable for when you decide to sell it later. When you decide to sell your website, make sure you have the following information available for potential buyers. Detailed information about your company, your website, and any other aspect of your operation that the potential buyers may want to find out about. This should include, for a pay site, a detailed inventory of your content, number of images and videos, how much of it is exclusive, and how much is non-exclusive. Financial information for at least the last three years if your company is that old. This should include sales reports, profit and loss statements, and billing reports. Get all the information organized in a legible format that a good broker can use to sell your property. If you decide to sell it yourself, organize a list of potential buyers and start the process of contacting them. Be realistic about what your company is worth. In today's market, the kiss of death is overpricing your property. Is there anything that a potential buyer needs to know, such as, are you being sued? Do you have any substantial debts, etc.? Don't let these things be a surprise to the potential buyer. They'll either find out before the sale and not buy, or they'll find out after the sale and you'll have another lawsuit on your hands. Disclose everything. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week we'll be talking to Shakun Sethi of Tickle.Life. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Natalie Pannon. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman.